Welcome to the Evolved Leadership Podcast, where we speak to business owners and executives who make the world a better place. You'll hear experienced and successful leaders share powerful stories and insights that will help you evolve as a leader in your own journey. The Evolved Leadership Podcast is sponsored by Evolved Strategy, a coaching and consulting firm dedicated to empowering mission-focused business owners and executives to evolve as leaders and run successful organisations. Evolved Strategy exists to help leaders engage their teams in the mission of the organisation, to help craft a meaningful and inspiring organisational strategy, to align vision with practical execution, and to do this while having a deeply fulfilling and meaningful engagement with life. My guest today is Ryan Swenson. Ryan is currently the CEO at Seconomy, a social enterprise with a purpose to create a world without waste, including human potential, by scaling circular solutions to mobile dormant goods and resources. In doing so, Seconomy enables the transition to a net zero circular future. Prior to joining Seconomy in November 2022, Ryan was head of ESG and corporate affairs at Officeworks leading a team focused on developing and delivering their sustainability strategy, stakeholder relations, and corporate communications. Ryan believes that in order to avoid the worst impacts of climate change, new business models need to be scaled at pace, requiring high-performing teams and purpose-driven leaders that deliver meaningful social, economic, and financial value in the process. Ryan holds an MBA in Strategic Carbon Management from the University of East Anglia in the United Kingdom and a Bachelor of Business from Monash University. Some of the highlights of our conversation include some striking examples of sustainability initiatives, House Economy grew out of the world's biggest garage sale after an investment by Officeworks, the Economy mission to create a world without waste, the plan to expand across Australia as quickly as possible, and the work of re-commercing, to reduce landfill and provide lower cost products to consumers. Enjoy the conversation. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks, David. Great to be here. Tell us about your leadership journey so far. Yeah, so I suppose um, if I start with finishing uh, uni, I my first career was um, in buying, so in the retail side after completing a business degree. Um, but after a few years of, of being a buyer, um, I suppose I was really starting to seek meaning um, and look at what's next, what's more out of a role. It uh, led me to travel with my now wife for about a year. Um, and part of our journey actually was jumping on a last minute cruise to Antarctica. And it was down there that I spoke to a climate scientist that really started to um, point me in the direction and pick my interest around the role of uh, transitioning to a low carbon future um, and what that means from a business perspective. So um, in England, I completed an MBA in strategic carbon management. And after that was really looking at what how I could transition my career uh, into sustainability. And I was really fortunate when I joined Officeworks to then have those opportunities over the nine years that I was there to really develop um, personally and professionally and transition from from a traditional buying to manager, um, set up the global sourcing program um, and really looking at human rights throughout the supply chain to then uh, establishing a sustainability team and, and developing the strategy over time. Uh, which then evolved into leading the the broader corporate affairs, stakeholder relations, um, government relations piece. Um, through all of that, 
you know, the, the person, the professional development um, was really something that I valued really highly. It made me reflect on, you know, the qualities of a leader, what authentic leadership really means. And I suppose as I became more focused around my own purpose, meant that as I was leading a, a larger team that was really values aligned and purpose driven, could see firsthand the benefits that um, that delivers in terms of the culture of the team, the high performance of the team, and then the overall team engagement, uh, what we were achieving, but also how enjoyable it was for, for all of us in the team that were operating in such a high trust and, and high performance uh, space. Um, so following the, um, that there, which really um, led to some innovative sustainability initiatives, including an investment in uh, the social enterprise called World's Biggest Garage Sale, uh, that really led to the opportunity for me to actually step on as a step into economy, uh, which it's now known as, uh, and take on the CEO position um, from November last year. And, uh, you know, being a, a truly purpose-driven organisation, social enterprise really aligns with my values um, personally and also draws on my skills professionally. So five months in and, uh, and loving it so far. Really fascinating. And we're, we're definitely going to, going to get into Seconomy itself shortly. But before we, before we look at, you know, what you're, what you're currently doing as the, um, the new CEO of Seconomy, <laughs> Um, I'd like to understand a little more about your your time at Officeworks, and you mentioned um, being involved in both human rights and environmental sustainability. But um, were you involved in sort of you know work and projects in the human rights space and environmental sustainability space at the same time, or you know did one were you focused on each separately? Yeah, no, um, the broad spectrum of sustainability, so the social environmental aspects. I suppose what I saw over nine years and is probably reflective of many um, organisational journeys with sustainability is joining, there was, you know, really tactical approach. So there was um, people wanting to do the right thing and there were some initiatives, but there was no overarching strategy. So we then moved into developing a five-year plan from 2015 to 2020, establishing long-term targets across people and the planet. And some of the, you know, we didn't know the answers at the time, um, but what we did see is that all of the targets were either exceeded or, or you know, near on what we, what we set out to achieve. And so when we, the third phase was then really looking at the true integrated approach to sustainability um, and what that meant from mm. you know, all aspects of people and social elements, but then the environmental aspects. Um, and underpinning that, um, as we matured and really understood the value and the benefit of our initiatives, started to accelerate progress because we could understand how uh, by prioritizing people all the planet, it was unlocking value to the business. Yeah. Now I know um, Officeworks is owned by West Farmers who also owns um, Kmart and Bunnings. Were you aware or involved in any cross collaboration between the, the group of businesses or um, were, were they treated quite separately and you know, not, not really in communication with each other? Yeah, I think the West Farmers model by nature, obviously, is that it's divisional autonomy. However, this was definitely an area where there was a lot of collaboration. Um, and I think that's true of this much more broadly, that the only way we're going to solve all of these complex issues is actually uh, by much closer collaboration and moving beyond the traditional thinking around competition to collectively working towards what the right solutions are. And so, yeah, there was definitely um, a, a great level of collaboration across the divisions and then much more broadly. 
And what were some of the environmental sustainability initiatives, um, you know, some of the top stories that you can share uh, in terms of office works, what came out of that work? Yeah, so probably the the first thing I'd say is understanding what the material issues were and then anchoring our initiatives around those that were important to our stakeholders was obviously really important, but then also understanding how could we take what is seen as a risk and turn that into an opportunity and exceed stakeholder expectations. So one example would be sustainable paper. Clearly Officeworks sold a lot of paper. So moving towards 100% recycled content um, and full FSC certification across all paper products was really important. But we then went beyond that and said, all right, actually, what's the next level we could do? And so we developed Restoring Australia, which was a two-for-one tree planting uh, program. So whilst we had you know, the best certification and sustainability um, credentials around the, the baseline, we then went beyond. And what that initiative saw is that we planted, we had a goal to plant 2 million trees by 2025, um, well over halfway towards that now. So that that is fascinating, Ryan, and 2 million trees is, um, is certainly a, a significant contribution to the planet and, and you said Officeworks are about halfway through that. What what other stories in terms of environmental sustainability can you share in terms of um, your Officeworks experience? Yeah, probably the other, um, one of the other ones that really stands out is our Bring It Back recycling program that we offered um, and that really went to the point of uh, I, I suppose just everyone recognising that sustainability is a shared effort so there is a role for us to play as individuals, but also organisations and businesses more broadly. And so with that program, it was about providing a recycling solution for items that couldn't be easily recycled at home, everything from batteries, pens, computers, mobile phones. Um, and that was really su- successful from an, uh, uh, from an uptake perspective. And the other one was our Greener Choices program that we offered, which was providing more sustainable options across every category. There was around two and a half thousand products in that. And what we saw was that um, those product sales were growing three times faster than the traditional uh, products. Right. Now, the the recycling program, is that what led to world's biggest garage sale in our economy? Or is there another story to that? No, there is another story. So one of the area, one of the commitments we had was around becoming a zero waste business. And so over a period of uh, three to four years, we had a real focus on reducing our waste to landfill and increasing recycling rates. And I often point to this one as an example, because over that period, we went from recycling around 67% of our waste to over 90%. And what that means in practice is you've got 9,000 team members that every time they make a decision about what bin to put something in, they have to choose the right bin. And so this more points to the cultural shift um, of what we were able to achieve organisationally about bringing people along on the journey uh, to, to achieve those outcomes. But through that process, empowering individuals right across the business to think about new ways that we could uh, reduce our environmental um, impact. And so one of those actually resulted in the team in Queensland, D.C., because we knew that damaged furniture coming back from customers uh, or damage in transit was one of the problematic areas of becoming the zero waste business. So the team in the Queensland DC actually came across the world's biggest garage sale and could put that up as an initiative to say, let's partner with them. They could uh, repair, repurpose the damaged furniture and keep it out of landfill. And so we did. And um, for, for me and my team, it was about how do we actually 
you know, operate with our own startup mentality so that we can really enable initiatives like this to, to really flourish across the business and just get them off the ground. And so we did that pilot. We proved that it was commercially feasible. It operated cost neutral. So we were reducing our landfill, but we had the reverse uh, logistics to collect it and, and take it to the world's biggest scale of sale. The biggest issue was that we needed a national solution. And this is, you know, one of the things when we talk about economy is what we're talking about is really consistent pro- uh, issues across Australia and, and more broadly globally. How do we get the solutions we need at scale and quickly? And that was the, the really key barrier um, for us to actually go beyond Queensland at the time. Right. And economy now, so Officeworks acquired World's Biggest Garage Sale, which was an existing business. Yeah, Officeworks um, invested in the business. So when uh, Yaz, the founder, uh, did the first capital raise, it was an opportunity to say, well, what could Officeworks bring to the table? Because yes, capital was obviously important, but also having an anchor partner that had that national footprint that could help was biggest go of sale and this economy um, now enter other states in a much more lower risk way but also faster, having that customer footprint um, and a model. So that's exactly what we've uh, been working on and, and now set up in uh, Victoria yeah. and also New South Wales. Okay. And Soconomy, so is it a publicly is it a public company that's unlisted or publicly listed company? What's the current status? Correct. So it's a social enterprise unlisted, um, but obviously with, with shareholders. Yeah, cool. And tell us about Soconomy specifically. Like, how do you summarise? You know, what what's the sort of one minute um, summary of what is Soconomy? What does it do? Yeah, for sure. So Soconomy is a social enterprise with which exists to create a world without waste, including human potential. And the human potential aspect is about building an inclusive business, providing opportunity for people of all abilities as we grow. Ultimately, we're doing this by mobilising dormant goods and resources um, across the country uh, to limit the use of new resources being used and ultimately contribute to a net zero circular economy. The problem we're essentially trying to solve is how do we capture the endless amount of supply of dormant goods? And that can be anything from excess or clearance stock in the retail sector. It could be the materials such as furniture or ceiling tiles coming out of the property sector when they do refits. It's really broad. How do we capture those dormant goods and then adequately stimulate demand to find feasible channels back into market um, that make it just as easy Mm -hmm. to purchase refurbished or renewed products as it does for businesses or individuals to purchase new products today? Yep. So... Is there anything excluded? And, and um, as a caveat to that, uh, I mean, it's, it sounds like the model is really about capturing things that uh, would otherwise go to landfill, to waste, and seeing that they have a use you know, with some uh, refurbishment that can then be sold on and, and, and to stay in, um, in active use in, um, in industry and marketplace rather than you know, just um, adding to landfill. Is that essentially the business model? Yeah, essentially, it's about how do we get what we've got today and make sure we're keeping it at its highest value for longer. So one of the key principles of of the circular economy, how do we make sure we're designing out waste um, and 
cost through that and do it in a way that is really improving the productivity of the resources we have because we know the only way we're going to transition to a net zero uh, circular economy is by leading with the commercial outcomes first that's what we're going to say quicker yeah uh, it's a little, not exactly the same. It's a little bit similar, similar to Patagonia's Warnware business. So they, you know, they now have a, a model where they capture um, secondhand goods when customers have, have finished with them, and they they do sort of refurbish, tidy them up if needed, because they they're very long lasting wear, and they um, they resell rather than having them go to landfill. And and is there anything excluded? I mean, would you would you work with large steel sort of uh, you know bits of a construct of a construction or demolition of a of a building, large large bits of steel that um, are part of the foundation of a building that you could repurpose in some way? Is there a limit to how far you'll go? Yeah, I think when we look at the business units we're establishing today, we've, we've got five areas. So one is around providing solutions for the retail industry. Another one is around solutions for the property industry, which is largely the soft demo and the, the furniture and other fixtures that are in there today. We've then got circular mm-hmm. asset management because what we do know is across the country, there's millions of items sitting dormant in warehouses that are depreciating every day. And it could be e-waste or computers and used IT equipment, there's a lot of that. So we can get that back into the economy. And then the other one is around sustainable operations. So look, helping businesses get to zero waste or um, in, change the way things are done, such as influencing the design upstream to have better outcomes on the use of products and materials. So that's ultimately our supply side. And then all of that is feeding our e-commerce business, um, which is then looking at the right channels to market. So um, ultimately our dormant, Goods and materials is broad, um, but we are a startup that's scaling up. So we'll focus on um, you know, the right partners to begin with and the right the right products where we've got capability yep. today. Yeah. And tell us about the scaling up, because what I've understood is that there's been a significant growth. What what is the what is the growth at the moment and what do you anticipate it to be, you know, over the next one, two, three years and beyond? Mm. So obviously I'm only uh, month uh, five into the role, but um, really it's about, first of all, how can we provide a national service uh, as quickly as possible? Because we know that's where the need is and we know that we need to make it easy for businesses to uh, embrace circular solutions. And and then also uh, on the other end, people purchasing, how do they get access to those products? So um, we've got Melbourne operations established now and we've got a team in Sydney and we've got partners that can ultimately service the country. So it is about that role of establishing our direct operations, but also finding the right partners to work with that enables us to have those solutions um, across the country. Um, we're building a you know a really great team and the, the capability needed to actually be a great retail business, to be a great service business, to work with um, business customers, and also um, underpinning with the right technology solutions that enable us to capture data, look at the ESG uh, analytics and impact, and then make more informed decisions. So we are definitely in that phase of establishing operations, bringing the right partners and the right tech solutions that enable us ultimately to go quicker. And what is the vision for Seconomy in terms of what, what you want to create um, not not just you personally, Ryan, but the leadership team, you know, the board, the stakeholders you're speaking with. Where are you at in terms of clarity of vision on uh, 
what this might be in the, in the medium to longer term future? Yeah, I think we're really true to remaining true to our purpose of creating a world without waste, but doing it in a way as a social enterprise that really balances, first of all, as a people first business, what's the benefit to the, to the people we're working with, we're employing and that the broader social impacts we can have, the benefit obviously to the planet environmentally, and then the prosperity that comes with that. So I think there's two parts of what our vision is really. It's about, yes, what we can achieve and working towards that circular economy. But the second part is showing that a, a really feasible model as a social enterprise that genuinely balances the needs of people, planet and prosperity um, is a great place to work, a great place to shop, great place to invest. And ultimately, we need more innovative businesses like this that genuinely balance those um, outputs and impacts. Well, what a cool business. And we'll put this economy website in the show notes so that listeners can can check it out and you know, jump on and, and learn more or get involved if they'd like to. To finish in terms of a final question, Ryan, so you're, you're new in the role of CEO five months in. Um, how's it been going so far in terms of uh, leadership? And you know, what, what have been your insights so far to share with listeners? Yeah, well, look, five months in and, and so far so good. We're making a lot of progress. I think... Um, for me, you know, the focus is definitely around finding the right, building the right team and focusing on um, establishing that, that right culture because we know just the importance of getting the culture right. And I think personally, the opportunity of actually joining a startup where you genuinely have that opportunity to focus on the values and the people that you bring in and, and how you operate as a team is going to shape us into the future. I find that quite um, quite exciting. So that's definitely been a big focus. So we're at the point now of starting to attract some really great, uh, capable people that are values aligned, purpose driven, um, that we know are going to get us where we want to go quicker. Um, and as I touched on, is also about creating a much more enjoyable employee experience. And if we love what we do and love coming to work, that flows through to the customers and then the partners we work with. I think the second part then is just who we work with. And so we are seeing that there are so many values-aligned partners out there. And ultimately, um, you know, as circularity has been, become mainstreamed across Australia, that isn't just changing what we're doing at home and how we shop. It's also changing what we're doing at work. And what we're finding is the people we're working with are at all parts of the organisation. It's not just about the sustainability team. It's about facilities teams, supply chain teams, operations, merchandise. It's everyone right through that are saying, there's a better way we can do this. This isn't right. And starting to find those solutions. And so for us, um, working with those people and just co-creating, um, you know, we, we're, we're not saying we're a national business that can go full speed right now. What we are saying is let's start small. Let's co-create the solution together, grow together, and then make sure that we're delivering the commercial outcomes to ensure that whatever the program we're working on is really feasible, but then also overlaid with the social and environmental outcomes. And so we're having a lot of um, success in that in that space and then I think the third part is just um, around, around trust and transparency and I think you know a lot has been said about the currency of trust and clearly uh, as a social enterprise that's really fundamental to how we operate uh, obviously really um, transparent about what we're working towards but then I think that just goes even further in terms of the culture of, of what that means as a team um, and as a leader personally, that making sure I'm getting the right feedback, there is a safe space, uh, but then also 
how we work with people um, outside, whether that's individual customers or businesses. Yeah. And what is the size of the team at the moment out of interest? So we're a team of 25 uh, at the moment, but actively recruiting for a number of roles and ultimately the more strategic partners we bring on, um, we're confident about building the right team to support the growth. Yeah. We've got and is there also... A, um, sorry, go on. Sorry, Dave. Um, to elaborate, so one of the teams we're building at the moment is a national e-commerce team, uh, which is really about looking at how we can take products and rehome them in a way that makes sense. Uh, and so roles include uh, a, a community experience e-commerce leader that is all about creating uh, a great team experience, a great customer experience, but then more broadly, the genuine connections with the local communities that we're interacting in a meaningful way through events, through outreach, um, and ultimately building uh, a great experience across those touch points. So I did hear right earlier, I actually thought you said e-commerce and I thought, I th was that re-commerce or e-commerce? But you've, um, you've just clearly um, stated, stated that term again. I know I said you know there was that was one last question, but can we make can we just add this really one final question? Um, can you just tell us a little more about this concept of re-commerce and and you know house economy um, contributes to that space? Yeah, for sure. So for us, ultimately, everything we sell in some ways either giving it a second life or is helping avoid. Uh, buying new. So we view re-commerce in the holistic sense. It could be across every channel. It is across every channel. And it may involve uh, resale of items such as refurbished and renewed technology, but it can also involve donations to community organisations. And we've had a recent example where working with a corporate partner, we uh, were able to salvage half a container of new clothing that was destined for landfill and arranged to get that into flood-affected communities in, in the Kimberley. So for us, re-commerce is just a way of how do we use our resources better rather than just saying, let's go and buy everything new, uh, let's make more sustainable choices, and ultimately by shopping with Seconomy or partnering with Seconomy, um, that's what our, our customers can be certain of. Well, that is really fascinating. And um, for listeners who'd like to learn more, get involved, um, I mean, I, I mean, of course, there's this economy website, which we'll put in the show notes. Do you have any other tips for resources that people can access to learn more, anything at all for, um, for listeners? Yeah, I think we're a very uh, approachable team. So reach out to either myself on LinkedIn or uh, Yaz Grigalinas is, is the founder and our chief evangelist, uh, because we know we need to spread the word and bring people along with us uh, on this journey. Uh, but yes, our website um, it also has quite a bit of information. Cool. So we'll put those LinkedIn details in the show notes also. Ryan, it's been a real pleasure and such a fascinating business. I, I, wish, we, I wish we could speak for longer, but we're at time. Thank you very much for your time today and, and sharing your experience so far with Seconomy. Thanks, David. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening. To learn more about how you can evolve as a leader, go to evolvestrategy.com.au and enjoy our wide range of articles and resources, as well as our other great podcast episodes.